This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys bring you a conversation they had with Elizabeth Eckford. She's one of the Little Rock Nine and civil rights icon. They got some banter between the boys, all of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in, downloading, turning on something. All that good stuff. For listening. Yeah, <laughs> listening. So to turn you on some more, why don't you head out to the web at www.edutechguys.com or heck, just go to Google, type in Edutech Guys, and you're going to find us. We are everywhere. We are, man. We're on all of the medias of social. All, all the medias of social. <laughs> good it is. So, yeah, we are out there. Hey, that's interesting. You might be listening to this on May the 4th, which is Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. So may the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. Yeah. A lot of Star Wars movies out there. There is. I forgot. We usually do a Star Wars show. I know it, but uh, this year it falls on a Saturday, and I'll be sleeping late, and then I got a jazz gig. So. Oh well, hey, there you go. I'm gonna be jazzing it up on the fourth. <laughs> Jazzy fourth. Take my base lightsaber and go to town. You you are you are literally. Well, you'd have to. You, we'd have to come up with something for you to do in addition to being Jazzy Jeff that would give you the mm. DJ. You are DJ. Jazzy Jeff. Ah, I was thinking more of like, so, you know, when we, in jazz, when you play for a big band, you walk a bass line, so that would make me oh. J- Jeff Bass Walker. Oh, nice. Yeah, there man. you go. So that's my May the 4th name. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get that out there. <laughs> hey, listen, we know your school's about to wrap up, probably. This is, uh, we are three, four, five weeks away from most schools yeah. closing down, and Arkansas will be done in about three weeks here, about May the 25th is their usually last day, is, I think, mm-hmm. coming up. So um, if you've got some stuff you'd like to find out about the summer, you want to hear some different ideas on the podcast, let us know. Go to the website, drop down to the bottom of the page, you'll find a nice little contact form there. Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, we want to. That's right. Yeah, we want we want to know what you guys want to hear us talk about. Yep, or just Twitter us. You could Twitter us. Just send us a a, a nice tweet. However, I, I don't know at this point 
because I, I don't know where we fit in the whole Instagram not liking things anymore. I don't know if you can like our stuff or not. You know, have you heard of that? Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Instagram is, is trying this new thing where uh, you can't like stuff. What? Yeah, uh, because of there. Evidently, there's been some uh, some 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 kind of study or something, some research done where um, the whole concept of likes and and how many likes you get is very detrimental psychologically or something. And so they are rolling out a test, and I don't know how you find out if you're in the test or not, but they're rolling out a test where you will no longer have likes on oh. your. Now, so I wonder if that comes with a box of kittens and some diapers maybe, and a bib. Because, so, I now, mean, we're getting ridiculous here. What's What's funny is my understanding is you can still like it. Like, you can double tap and give the heart. It just doesn't show how many people like it. So, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. No, yeah, that's what I'm like. Hey, what's you, re- the point you remember in, in uh, May 2019, June 2019, when uh, Instagram slit its own throat? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And bled out over the summer? Because yeah. I, I don't, we don't want to do likes anymore. Yeah, I was listening to uh, something on the way in. I can't remember what uh, YouTube or NPR or I don't know, whatever it was. Um, and uh, there was an interview with the uh, the guy that created Twitter. And he said that if he were to create Twitter today, he wouldn't put likes on there. Huh. I'm like, what? I guess I don't understand what that means. I mean, I, I, hmm. I don't know. Well, like I said, you know, I whatever. Guess they just want follows. I guess that's just it. I guess so. And, 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 and you know, I guess uh, psychologically there are some people that, you know, they're basing their entire self-worth hmm. on how many likes well, they have? We're not going to get into that weird. whole thing because that'll just open up a whole can of worms. But that's interesting. So if you're looking for so a anyway. new social media platform, this summer's the time <laughs> yeah, to go right. ahead and start moving around. That's right. If you like the likes, start checking out the other <laughs> stuff. Right. Wow. Find other places you can like people. I don't know. It's really yeah. bizarre. But, eh, so uh, this last week, we got a really big opportunity. We had a good oh time gosh, at the yes. uh, Arkansas Association of Instructional Media uh educators conference and it was really great and uh, during that time we got to sit down with a lot of great authors and a lot of great uh, new authors yeah a lot of edu- uh, instructional media educators mm-hmm. and uh, just a lot of folks in general and uh, but we did get to meet uh, elizabeth eckford and yeah. uh, um, uh, her book is her new book which is co-written which we'll we'll let we'll explain that all in the in the, uh, in the interview but um we'll take a listen to it but uh, but first how about we uh, hear from one of our uh, sponsors yeah that's great man You know, I've been in education for more than 20 years, and I've seen the challenges some students have to face every day. Whether it's going to school hungry or not being able to see a doctor when they're sick, these challenges can make it hard for kids to focus on learning. You know, thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program that helps to combat student fears, freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, health care, and even clothing to students right there on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Yeah, Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and to see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. You know what? To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. Hashtag nurture, educate, grow. 
Due to circumstances beyond our control, the first six minutes of the next recording has a sound that was, unfortunately, in the way. We apologize for any distraction. Hey, welcome back to the EduTech Eyes. Come to you live from AAIM 2019 in beautiful Rogers, Arkansas. We have a very uh, honored guest with us now, and I'm going to let David introduce her and tell us uh, some information, and we'll get to going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we want to uh, welcome to the show uh, Elizabeth Eckford, a uh, member of the Little Rock Nine, along with Dr. Eurydice Stanley and Grace Stanley, who have put together uh, a book, The Worst First Day. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much for sitting down and visiting with us. Thank you for having us. So uh, tell us how this book come about. Um, I met Grace um, 1997 during uh, the 40th anniversary of the uh, preparation of the segregation of Central High, we consider September 25th an anniversary date. And she was working on her dissertation, and she wanted to do a project with me, and um, I had met uh, the girl who's in the picture, the iconic picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I talked to her in 1963, and I, um, the photographer who had taken that picture brought us together in 1997 and um, we spent two years together talking to students and um, Hazel wanted to talk about her host for the future. She said that she had amnesia and we did that for two years but I was waiting for the amnesia to go away and never did mm-hmm. so uh, we broke up. Mm-hmm. But uh, over the years, uh, Grace's uh, uh, Eurydice has urged me to write a book. And uh, I had been interested in it for a long time. I've talked about that subject with students uh, several times a year. Sure. Because uh, some student groups come to Little Rock. Um, But lately it seems like... um, in some places, the subject has an importance. Um, it's part of the curriculum in New Zealand. Oh, wow. wow. Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. So uh, kids who come here from New Zealand know a lot about what happened in Little Rock. And actually, Elizabeth will be going to New Zealand this summer. I was just going to ask if you've had a chance to go and talk with students there. I will talk to students and um and teachers uh, during sessions in three cities mm-hmm. uh, from the 4th of August through the 14th of August. It'll be my first time I will have been in the South Pacific mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, experienced their winter. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> well, in New Zealand, you have, you have mixed a feelings country. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and they, they've had a lot of, a little bit of turmoil lately. Yes. You know, they, uh-huh. they need to, uh, they're, I think they're just a little behind us in getting your, your race relations fixed and, and religious tolerance fixed in that country. So that'll be, an, it'll be a, a fun trip, interesting yeah. trip. Yeah. But the, the, uh, what you're alluding to is a person who came uh, and killed people deliberately at, ch- at, at places of wor- worship. He came from Australia. Yeah. So, um, so uh, it's interesting. You came to you came to the perfect place, AAIM, which is Instructional Media uh, mm-hmm. Conference, and you brought your books. How was the reception for your it's book here? It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. There were a lot of people uh, in that place where we were. Uh, 
and they were very receptive. That's good. Uh, we had uh, skewed it especially for that audience. Mm -hmm. We tried to ensure that they knew how the different topics that were addressed within the book, the anti-bullying theme, the desegregation, Brown versus the Board of Education, just a myriad of topics, the Emmett Till lynching, but also how civil rights history could be used to teach topics, current topics. Mm -hmm, sure. and But we primarily focus on the fact that it's an anti-bullying book, mm -hmm. and it's so important now that we have so many students who are committing suicide due to bullying, and that is something that we want to specifically address, and we want to ensure that students know the importance of self-concept, self-love, self and to not allow a bully to take the most precious gift, their lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I use an example from my own life at, at, while I was a high school student of how important uh, a person can be by reaching out to someone who's being set apart and hated upon. Um, I was a shy teenager, and I always looked forward to going to the last class of the day, the speech class. Uh -huh. <laughs> it, it was very welcoming mm -hmm. compared to uh, my other classes. Yeah. It was welcoming because there were two students there who spoke to her, two white students. Yeah. And they did it delib deliberately and continually. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Among the nine of us, they, we can point to 12 people who were long-term supporters. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, there, there were a lot of people who just turned their backs. Sure. And there was an organized group, uh, led by adults even, uh, who tormented us every day yeah. from beginning to end. But there were 12 out of about more than 2,000 yes, that were kind to them. Yeah. A lot of people just turned their backs. You know, that gives you a really interesting insight on bullying. Yeah. And, and we see it, it, it continually raises its ugly head throughout our history, mm -hmm. you know, world history, this country. But that really gives you a, an interesting insight about bullying in the education process, mm -hmm. considering there were only 12 people that would ever actually speak to you. Well... Uh, and, and two of those were secret phone friends. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, people who ha had reached out to us um, began to be treated l like we were. Their, their parents got the hateful phone calls mm, late right. at night, mm -hmm. uh, and um, they received threats. I didn't know until 36 years later that uh, the girl who was in my speech class um, who reached out to me, li didn't live in the city. Her father drove her into Little Rock every day to go oh. to school. She lived on a dairy farm. Oh, wow. And her father had hired uh, armed mm. guards for their, for their place. Wow, wow. And the other person was uh, strongly supported by his parents. Once his mother got a phone call saying he had been injured and that he was at the bus stop, uh, she and her sister, who are diminutive people, rushed over carrying a tire and uh, found, and found that he had not been injured. This was just part of the terror tactics. Yeah, oh, just a yes. constant uh, uh, psychological attack mm -hmm. is really what it was. Yes. Yeah. And I especially stress to students um, how it feels when people turn their backs and don't respond to what they had to have heard and seen. Mm -hmm. It made me feel like they thought I was getting what I deserved. Right. 
Right. You know, well, the, I, I want to kind of talk about the sort of the other side of the message here, at least one of my takeaways is that um, the perseverance through the bullying, right? A lot of times, as, as we've mentioned, you know, school-age suicide rates is just unbelievable, you know, right now. And, and a, a lot of the students don't necessarily see a way out of it or see the other side of things. And I think part of part of your story, part of this story is the other side. And, and, and yes, there was bullying, and yes, there were awful things that people had to go through, but you, you stuck with it, you, you persevered. Well, we started, started out as individuals, not as a group, Yes, mm-hmm. wanting to uh, get the best education possible because all of us wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. I knew my parents couldn't afford to send me. I needed scholarships. Mm-hmm. But that's why I wanted to go to Central. That's, I wanted uh, to be as well prepared as possible. Yes. Once they were there, they also knew that there were others who would be following, and yeah. there was a great sense of responsibility to in our own lives we have known people who have made tremendous sacrifices Mm -hmm. to to bring about change Um, one was a school little rock school teacher who sued the local district in 1948 asking that negro teachers and administrators be paid equal to whites Mm -hmm. she wasn't rehired by any of the three local districts until 1955. A punishment, yes. So when in your life did you realize the role that you played and the the, the nine played? When did it come to you that you had, not just about getting your education, but this means something? Did you know that at the moment you were going? Or was that something that came to you afterwards? Very, very gradually. uh, I knew that it was important for us to try to stick it out. But um, many times it was quite a challenge to get dressed and go back into a hellhole. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of us was re- expelled because she retaliated. Mm. And um, the champ in school became one down, eight to go. Um, w- what made me continue to go to school is I have a strong streak of stubbornness. I couldn't let them win. Yeah. But it was really, really hard to keep going back knowing it was not going to get any better. When did you realize that the broad scope of everything that you accomplished would reach such a huge impact? um, When people talk about what happened, they often don't don't, uh, point out uh, what I think is most important that was a constitutional challenge Mm -hmm. between state government and federal government. Mm -hmm. The last time that had, had come up was uh, during slavery. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, so, and it, and it was the first time that an elected official had acted to enforce court orders regarding desegregation. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Eisenhower uh, sent uh, 1,000 paratroopers to Little Rock. Yeah. After that, people around the world had seen some ugly truths about America. We had st- tried to get in school on September. 4th, 1957, and we had a uh, 17-day impasse where we didn't know where we would go to school and when, and uh, we got into school on, uh, I think, September 23rd, Mm -hmm. surreptitiously, through a side entrance. You know, Central is two blocks wide, Mm -hmm. and by this time, 
the mob was down at the other end of the street. Ah. So it took an hour and a half for the students as a whole to learn we were in the school and the people outside. By this time, the governor had withdrawn the National Guard. He could have kept them there to preserve peace and good order, mm-hmm. um, but, but he uh, chose to withdraw them so that the local police set up barricades and tried to control the crowd. Well, they weren't trained for crowd, crowd control. Sure, People sure. started drifting in that area uh, from 5 a.m. on. And the first day, those protesters numbered about 250. By September 23rd, there were a thousand people out there, and they had such rage when they knew, learned that we were in the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police chief had had uh, promised them that he would give one of us to him, to them, uh, and they gathered their assistants in school and said that they had to remove us for our own safety. We didn't want to go, mm-hmm. but uh, they had unmarked cars in the building and policemen in civilian clothes. And I remember that the chief of police told us to stay down in the cars so we wouldn't be seen. They told the drivers to drive fast and not stop for anything. Mm-hmm. They saved our lives that day. And, and most things that happened at school uh, weren't publicized. Right. Very, very seldom would there be a newspaper article or, or local uh, account of what was happening there. Mm-hmm. And Except there are definitely no pictures. Right. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Well, they couldn't let that out. That would have that would have softened, you know, the the, the, the idea of what was actually going on. They, mm-hmm. they didn't want that to happen. They yeah. didn't want any empathy whatsoever. Exactly. Right. Yeah, the exactly. district had intended limited token desegregation. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, look how long it took after that. Mm-hmm. Look how long it took. Yeah, it took because a long time Brown for, versus for Board integration of to appear. The Brown versus Board of Education decision was 1954, mm-hmm. so this was 1957. Well, and schools in Mississippi didn't even begin oh. to desegregate until 1972. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, I want to change the the kind of direction of the conversation just just a little bit here. Okay. And, and I, w- I want to bring in Grace, who uh, you are you're a teenager who's been a part of this project. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, or I want you to share your experience with this process in, in writing and what it's like to be a published author as a teenager. It's been a great experience and I've known Miss Eckford, who I call my aunt my entire life because my mother and Miss Eckford have been friends for over 20 years, mm-hmm. so I've always considered her family. Mm-hmm. But it's been a great opportunity to share her story, mm-hmm. and specifically as a teen author, it's been a it's given me a great opportunity to show other young authors that they can be published and they can achieve their goals and dreams if it's if their dream is to pursue writing mm-hmm. as a career that that's they can do it as well. That's honest. That's that's we talk about about the process. Was the process did you did you learn a lot about the process and was it fun and does it make you go great I'm going to write the rest of my life is it one of those things? Or never want to write again. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> still learning. I was to say, we're still learning. Still learning. Everybody, that yeah. question, right? Yeah. <laughs> um writing isn't my end goal in life. Yeah. I want to I'm going to become a doctor. Okay. Um and OBGYN or neonatologist. Yeah. I love um, I love babies, but I've always history is a very interesting subject, mm-hmm. and it is always one that 
you can expound upon. So I believe that our goal or our job, which was to tell Ms. Eckford's story, has been achieved and that we can help other people know the entire story because there's always snippets and clips of it that people usually say over and over again. Right. But it's always the specifics that are usually missed out on, which is what we try to explain in an interesting way that any age group can understand. Oh, very well put. Um, Among the nine of us, none of us talked about what had happened inside school for 30 years, Mm -hmm. because to do so is to walk through pain. I started speaking to uh, high school students intentionally in 1999. When I was first approached, I I said no. It was a very, very persistent teacher who kept calling me. But what he he did something that would that got my attention. He had 100 students write me. Wow. And that that is what made me want to talk to students. That's really amazing. And um, I had had wanted to talk about it because I started hearing revisions of what had happened. Ah, yes. And I just couldn't bear that. Yeah. If you could think of maybe just one thing that that you learned through this process and and through working with her and talking with her to develop the book, something that you learned that you probably didn't know before. You're like, I I never knew that. You kind of get that kind of, aha, wow, I didn't know that. I think it was how close because I feel it, I feel that my generation has a misconstrued sense of time mm-hmm. so it's always wasn't that long ago right right it, it for a lot of my generation it's always well I don't really care mm-hmm. it, it happened so long ago mm-hmm. doesn't affect me when it really does yeah it's just often the ways that we are taught to learn history aren't in captivating ways and mm-hmm. if it's not interesting and you don't want to learn it in the first place and you really don't care mm-hmm. so it's just all the specifics and everything that went into it but definitely uh, how close it was yeah. and how it's the 60th anniversary was last year or two years ago? 1918. I mean, <laughs> 2018. <laughs> so last year, the 60th anniversary was last year, which is yeah. only a lifetime. Right. 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 So it's um, how quickly everything has happened since yeah. then. Yeah. There's always so far we have to go, but just time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always yeah. very interesting. So, um, uh, so let's talk about this. So where can they get the book? If they want to buy the book, you can purchase it on Amazon. If Amazon. You just type in the worst first day. Okay, and uh, in, in a website maybe or social media. We have a Facebook page, oh, cool. Worst First Day, and we also have Lamp Press on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we have the Worst First Day on Instagram, and we are working on getting the website up. Cool. Great. Hey, thank cool. you for coming thank to visit you. with us. Thank you, thank you for, for yes, for, thank for, you very for much. <laughs> it's been an honor. Thanks for thank giving you. us thank this time. You. you know, one of the things that I think is pretty cool about podcasting is transcribing the audio 
into uh, notes. Yes. And that that was actually pretty hard, but luckily that's all kind of changing. A lot of, you know, opportunities out there and one in particular is rev.com. Yeah, man. Um, you know, and whether it's a, whether it's a podcast mm-hmm. and you want to transcribe that audio into words that you can then post you on YouTube your blog, channel. you got a YouTube channel. You can add that to the description or to the uh, captions, you know, right. on the YouTube hey. video itself. Well, you know, you're a writer writing right. a book. If I want to just transcribe some notes, that's a great way to do it. And uh, writing out all your thoughts, you know, it takes too much time. So just take the audio and have it retranscribed. Meetings, conferences. I mean, you know, it's pretty cool because I guess you can get some very pretty valuable insights that way by going back and reading through interviews and speeches and anything that you have because you're transcribing it. What, what do you think it would do for SEO? Well, I mean, come on. For you know, When we're talking SEO, search engine optimization, it's going to add value to your website, to your blog, to your YouTube channel because you can take that audio, have it transcribed into the words, and that's what the search engines are looking for anyway. They're looking for the words in the body of your oh, content. Makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah. Google's going to search it. It's going to pull it in, and you'll get higher ranked based on the content you're just talking about. Well, you know, and it's that's true. Like you know, especially if you want to avoid creative blocks, you know, you can use that to transcribe your white papers and things like that. So, really big deal. So, you know, what's really great about that right now is. One of our sponsors, Rev.com, has given us the opportunity to offer you a free trial. Right now, to let yourself try for free, Rev is offering a $10 coupon for first-time users. Just visit visit www.rev.com forward slash blog forward slash edutechguys to get your $10 coupon to try out Rev for free now. Hey, we want to thank Elizabeth Eckford, Dr. Eurydice uh, Stanley, and her daughter Grace Stanley for spending time with us at the AIM 2019 conference. That was uh, that was amazing. Yeah, it really was. And it really shows you the power of AIM getting in the right people, you know, especially the authors and 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 young authors because you know Grace, this is her first book. She's sixteen. She's still you know becoming a writer. Wants to be a doctor, but right, gonna become a writer. But yeah, we want to thank them for sitting down. Uh, really shows you what can happen at conferences and what opportunities you can find there in the hallways. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and one of the things that I, that I, that I loved about Grace's response to some of the stuff that we were talking about, especially when I asked her about writing and stuff, she was like. Yeah, that was kind of cool, but I, I want to be a doctor. Yeah. I mean, it's just, kids are going to tell you what they're going to tell you, yeah. man. I mean, <laughs> I want to be a doctor. That's just right. writing stuff for the birds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was a great conference. If you get an opportunity next year, if you're an instructional media person in the state of Arkansas or not, um, so yeah. sign up, go to their website, and uh, check them out. Just search for the Arkansas Association of Instructional Media, and uh, you'll find their conference information and, you know, check them out. Had a great time and uh, want to thank them for really uh, treating us like kings when we were there. We had a good time. They oh, yeah. really really gave us a wonderful opportunity and it's a really nice comfortable conference. Yeah, uh, and, and this year was in Rogers, but uh, I think she said the next two years it's, it's going to be in Hot Springs. Yeah, so so yeah. it's closer to us. So, yeah. Well, yeah, closer to us and, and Hot Springs is a really uh, really wonderful tourist area. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff, whether you're into hiking or arts or history or yeah. I mean, holy cow, there's all kinds of stuff to do. I mean, uh, I guess 
Well, yeah, I guess if, if, if it's about the same time next year, heck, even the uh, uh, Magic Springs Amusement Park will be, oh, open, be open. So, Woo. you know, hop a roller coaster. Ride a log ride. <laughs> yeah, listen, do us a favor. Go out to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of your favorite ones, and like us, follow us, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, if, if Instagram doesn't kill it, follow us on there. Um, we always like to know if we're doing a good job and if you like us. But Instagram doesn't want you to like us anymore because they just want everybody to feel calm. Oh, by the way, Instagram will be mailing out to everyone a participation trophy. Oh, so yeah, immediately join Instagram, you get a participation trophy. So everybody feels good about that. Hey, uh, this is a sarcastic Jeff Madlock. And, um, <laughs> this is a very befuddled David Henderson. Yeah. Hey, we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys. EduTechGuys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.